0: strategies these leaders used to turn adversity into victory to live an extraordinary life based on actions not words now here's your host marcus aurelius anderson
1: in this episode of octonon verba we hear part 2 of my interview with entrepreneur real estate investor and former army ranger jeff smith in part 1 jeff shares how his experience with the 75th ranger regiment allowed him to quickly identify priorities And overcome challenges in a tactical manner. We also explored how to dig deep to reach the next level of performance, what it means to live with true intention, and the secret to creating a plan for what you truly want. You can hear part one on episode eighty-nine of Octanon Verba, and now enjoy part two of my interview with my good friend, the tactical entrepreneur Jeff Smith.
2: If you want to talk about combat, the only time that you're you're done is when you're dead, right? So, I mean, I have this vivid real life example of jumping off of a Humvee over a wall in Baghdad. And I landed and looked up and I'm in front of like a fucking eight foot picture window in a, like a family room. And I was like, this could not be a worse possible situation. And, because, and, and so your only decision, yes, that worked out shitty right? Like there could have been three guys standing there staring at me on the other side of the glass. And the only thing separating me is glass. And so my my point is you have to move very quickly. So like if you make a decision and even if it's a wrong decision, you have to just keep moving because you don't want to stay. If you sit there in front of the window, then you're increasing your odds of fucking negative interactions. Correct. And so, I mean, I've got a million examples like that. But you have to train your brain to continue to tell yourself the right stories, though. So when you talk about me being quiet for 15 minutes, the the reason is, is because I have to just kind of evaluate the stories that are I'm telling myself that day, because I have bad days, just like everybody else. I go through shit just like everybody else. I, I want to be weak and make bad decisions and sit on my ass. And like I told you last year, I mean, like when, when a series of things go wrong for people, like it erodes their confidence and it erodes your erodes, your decision-making ability because you don't approach the situation with quite as much hubris as you generally do. Right. Yep. I think of myself as a pretty formidable guy in, in most situations. So I usually don't have trouble moving forward. But there's still things happening to me
1: every day trying to chip away at that. And the thing too is, like you said, we, we can do everything correctly and still get punched in the face and still erode some of that confidence. But this is the power of having a, a coach or a mentor or a group around you, that peer group, because they're that set of eyes that are outside the ring, right? You and I have seen people fight in, in the ring and they do... They may be doing something horrendous, but because they're in it, because the adrenaline's dumping in there, because there's all that emotion, because they're in the heat of battle, it's impossible for them to have true objectivity. And so having somebody outside of you can say, listen, and here's the reality, right? 60% of our workouts are about the same. 20% are are horrible, but we still do them. And there's 20% where we feel like we're unstoppable. But the reality is it's about taking that step, moving forward. Continuing the mission, irrespective of how we feel at that time. I always say emotions assassinate the truth. So if we allow that emotion to overcome us, like you said, in that fifteen minutes of silence for you, you're telling yourself, "Listen, this is bullshit," even though it feels really real right now. So this is what I have to do to make this great decision to move forward. What is something else that you do to kind of give yourself that ability to kind of step into that that adversity when most people want to just lean back away from it? I've got triggers and
2: reminders like all over my house. Like I, I, on my whiteboard, I work off of a thousand day vision and it's, it's my, my vision for my life. 1000 days from now, like the, the next one for me ends May 26th of 2023. And I have a, a vision board for that. I have exactly what I'm going to accomplish. I'm going to check those boxes and then I have a, a daily countdown on how many days I have left to that thousand. And, and I work off of that. That recenters me. I mean, I get off track, man. I'll, I'll have a day or two where I'll, I'll fuck off and not feel motivated. And like I get the bare minimum done. I like to say that I, I live like a normal person on those days because I'm just reactionary which is why it's so powerful to do your critical tasks first thing in the morning for me, because that's when I get shit done. Like I'll wake up some days at three, some days at four, usually always by five. I don't set an alarm. So that's why it's so broad. But, um, I get up every day around those times and by eight o'clock in the morning, I've done more. I've done every bit of work that I need to do for the day. And then the rest of the day is just in that reactionary mode. Like I'm I'm talking to clients, I'm speaking to different things. I'm taking care of emails, I'm doing podcasts, stuff like that. I mean, this stuff is valuable work. Don't get me wrong. But like, if I've got a project I need to get done, like it will never get done if you try to do it in the time that you've got allotted during your day. And so... That's what people, that's where they miss the mark. I was bitching at you yesterday about the fucking miracle morning because I hate it. I hate it. I think it's such a waste of time. It keeps W-2 employees in their job for like five more years than necessary or maybe a lifetime because that is where the juice is made. You, you are making that 90 minutes before you go to your job or before you, my kids get up. Like, I have four kids under nine years old. I have a lot of responsibilities. I run four or five companies. Like, I've got a lot of shit to do. And if I don't utilize my time and be disciplined about my time and do it the right way, I mean, you see my stuff, man. I I live a life. I run around and do whatever the fuck I want. I lift weights at 11 o'clock in the morning and do things that probably people are like, man, that guy fucks off all day. And I afford myself the ability to do all that through structure and discipline that I told you at the beginning, when I got out of the military, I didn't have, I've had to develop it over trial and error and years of mistakes and problems and going down the rabbit holes. I mean, we had to work through all our shit from our, our transition out of the military too. Right. Of course. So like I was in a, a deep hole for that shit probably took me 10 years way longer than it should have because i mean i lost some friends like some teammates in combat there there was a lot of survival guilt like i i didn't really have what you'd refer to as pts i don't think but like i m- my thing was more about like getting back in the fight and being there and like letting people down by not being there right yeah because i got med boarded out because i got injured and tore a bunch of ligaments in my leg and was out for, I I would have been laid up for a year. So they were like, do you want to have surgery, get repaired? And, uh, well, the choices during that year were take a desk job in a special operations unit, which is the absolute worst, or go to the regular army recover at the regular army or go home. And I was like, well, fuck it. I got this job waiting for me. I've served for three years in the range battalion or whatever. And like, I am just going to go home. Like I've done my thing. And I didn't really want the military doctors working on me either. Cause I I had had one surgery in my life and it was not with the number one surgeon in the world. And I won't make that mistake again. (laughs) Yep. It only takes one. If, if you're going to, if you're going to work on me for any reason, I'm going to find like the guys who work on the best regularly. And so, so for me, I just got out. And so that transition into a cubicle was quite shocking. And then, yeah, I mean, it, it was, it was an interesting
1: transition for sure. And it took me a long time to figure it out. And it's hard for us as men, because a lot of times this identity is based on our capacity to produce, to provide, to be a breadwinner or to be a warrior. And when we have that as our everyday life, and then it's kind of ripped away from us and it's like, well, there's unfinished business there. It's like, it's too late. It's already done. Now what? And then you transition out and you still have, like you said, it's like the, phys- the physical world continues to move forward, but if we don't allow our mind to, to transition with it, we get stuck there. Like you said, it could be five or 10 years of, yeah, you're out, but you're not really, in, so to speak. You're, you're, you're out of the military, but you're not really in the civilian sector. And there's so many people, for those of you that don't know, Jeff Smith is the one that actually challenged me to do the 4 by 4 by 48 last year. So he's the one that really kicked me in the ass and said, hey, I'm doing this. And I was like, yeah, I have no reason not to do it. And I'm glad that I took the challenge with him. We were able to do it vicariously. For, he was in Texas, I was in Oklahoma. But Can you tell us about a a time, and you talked about the hardship from last year, but can you tell us about an adversity that you faced that at the time you didn't think you were going to be able to get through? You were just like, I don't know how I can go on with this, but once you were able to get through it, you were able to look back and say, wow, that was one of the best things that could have happened to me. Oh, man. Huh. And it can be from any place, any phase, anywhere that comes to mind for you.
2: Well, I mean... Man, that's a tough question. Now, I, I i mean, I feel like I'm a resilient guy. I've been through quite a bit of stuff. I, I think the number one most impactful thing has ever happened to me is growing up without a dad. A hundred percent. My my dad left when I was like seven or eight and uh, I haven't spoken to him since. So that really kind of formed my life and, and the, the direction it's taken and everything that is going on. So, I grew up like an angry adolescent, angry teenager. My mom was working all the time. She was a great example of like disciplined work ethic and like showing up every single day. But I had a moment I would say that like I wasn't living well. I mean, anyone that knows me from growing up was i I raised hell, and it was like I wasn't on a great path. I tell stories all the time to my wife that there there was a priest in my life and like seventh or eighth grade that said, you're a leader, but the problem is, or you're a natural born leader, but the problem is you're leading people in the wrong direction.
1: (laughs) Congratulations. I'm sorry. feel like
2: that that actually is, is he was right. Um, I would say, and, uh, people have always gravitated to me. I've always been a natural leader, um, sports, anything else growing up, but, uh, Long story short, what I got to is like I was this angry guy, right? Up until I was probably 20 years old. So, like 2000 ish. And I just was just drinking a lot, living a rough lifestyle. And uh, I, I made it and just angry in general. And then for me, I had all this pent up anger for years about my my dad leaving and all this shit that happened to me afterwards and the subsequent lack of like mentors in my life or guidance that I had a decision when I was in my 20s that I wasn't mentally healthy and I wasn't doing the right things and I wasn't living right. And I, I finally just had a moment that I was like listen, I'm only ruining my life by having this level of anger inside of me. And it's only going to lead to bad things. Like I'm going to go to prison or whatever is going to come out of it. Right. And so I had a decision to make that I was going to change my internal perspective, let things go and understand that if I didn't do that, I was just going to ruin my life. And this is my one shot and one opportunity at life. And so if my dad was out there whether he cared about me or not whatever the fuck his deal was was not my problem and and like that's the first time i really looked in the mirror and was like your only issue is with yourself like if you take care of yourself you're going to live a good life if you're going to take care of yourself with regards to your mental health and how you feel about this situation, you're not going to have all this anger. You're not going to have all these run-ins with the cops and shit that you had. Like, cause I was fighting, drinking, doing all the driving, everything. Right. And so it really, that was a turning point for me to like figure my shit out. And then from there I've spent the next 20 years trying to clean up all my fucking bad habits. And <laughs> so, and, and, and so um, I, I really have a perspective that, I mean, really everything is forgivable and like, you're just moving on from here. Like today, it, this is what we've been given, right? So like, why would you dwell on the past? Because that does no good for your life or anyone's life that you're affecting by having your head in the past. So like, this is what you've been given. This is where we're at today. Like, where are we going from here? Like, what decisions are you going to make today? It's kind of like that, what we're talking about in the morning, right? You're planning your day. What are the most critical things I can do? Do I have apprehensions about them? Yes. Okay. But they still need done. And so I, I think that that, Was a long answer to your question. But, like, for me, like, I was looking backwards. I was stuck in the past. I was having all this anger and resentment about being left as a male child. And so, what it's done is it's given me a lot of perspective and passion about the state of the country and the state of everything else. Like, our problem is broken homes. That's why we have no leaders. That's why no one's courageous because all these mothers are having to step up into a masculine fucking role and raise kids and carry both hats to the family. And it's, it's causing all of our problems. So if men would just stand up and fucking handle their business, stay in their homes, raise their kids, do what we're supposed to do. And we created an environment where that was encouraged and I mean, the problem is they're not government subsidized to break up your home and all that stuff, but like we get into that. But, but I think truly, if we had more accountability in our families and our family lives, like we
1: could fix 99% of the problems going on because we could have real conversations. That's what it is. There's, you were talking about resilience Everybody has a certain amount of resilience, but what has to happen is they have to be faced with something that causes them to step into that. We have to have something that we actually care enough about to say, I'm going to die on this, on this mountain. Here's the, here's the line, I'm, I'm not going beyond that. But so many people now, as you were mentioning, they don't have that courageous decision-making capacity. They, they're used to that compromise and they're used to, if this person pushes me enough, whether it be a person, an entity, or organization, a government, And now all of a sudden they're like, well, they're making this like it's a big deal. So I'm going to go ahead. And it's only one small thing. I'm just going to step back once. But the reality is once you step back, you create this backward momentum. Now it's impossible for you to begin to move forward. It's hard for you to even move sideways, frankly, because that inertia is already built into it. So if you allow yourself to be stuck in that place of compromise, to be stuck in that place of I'm just going to take a knee now, Mm -hmm. you'll live on your knees for the rest of your life and you'll be a victim the whole time. People don't know what they stand for, they don't know who they are, and and
2: like that's a huge problem because we have so many inputs with like everything that's going on our cell phones or social media, all this shit, news. And like, you don't, if you don't take the time to do the deep work to determine like who you are and what you actually want, you just you live in that reactionary mode and you just go about business and you get drug around here and there. And like, you're living a life that's not by design because there's always shit to do. And if you're just doing things for the sake of doing them like that, that is what's going on right now. I mean, it's a huge problem because people don't know what the fuck they stand for. They're not willing to stand up for anything and they don't understand their core values. They don't know what their core values are like just because they never spend the time. It's easier to just fucking hang out at happy hour with your buddies every day and then work starts tomorrow morning and it's it's the same groundhog day for most people over and over and over again, right? Like I just posted on social media last week that like it, if you fuck off your weekends, that's 28% of your life just saturday and sunday you throw in friday and it's 42 percent of your life so if you're not direct in what you're doing like i do these critical tasks seven days a week every single day i get something done to move the needle in the areas of life that are important to me and if you like imagine that like i go back to the corporate world all the time because i'm analyzing like what they're doing and how we're just little fucking ants in their game and uh I'm like, man, they went to four day work weeks and we thought that was a huge benefit. And like when you, when you extrapolate that out to a number and you put 42% to it, they lengthen your days, So you're working 10 hours a day for four days. And so you're a little bit more tired, but yeah, that's awesome. But now you've got 42% of your life to do whatever you want with, but nobody recognizes that level of how much it is like you if you're not running your own business in that 42% of time i mean it, you're you're wasting your life or if you're not doing something to grow yourself i should say you don't have to be running your own business i don't want to be super narrow on it but like you should be growing yourself as a person fitness mentally whatever it may be like if you're just not very deliberate and intentional
1: with how you're spending your time that's half your life literally and if Like you said, if we don't have intention about what we want, somebody else will come into our life and give us their intention. And all of a sudden, like you said, where this worker be for them, and we can't even see our our nose in front of our face in the process. But there's no security in that. And that's what people don't understand. Like everybody's like, oh, it's so
2: dangerous to do what you do. And like, you're, you're taking all these risks and doing things. And I'm like, no, I'm absolutely in control of the turns that happen in my life. Things happen, think bad things happen. But if I go get a job somewhere working for a Fortune 50 company again, like bad things are still gonna happen in my life. But my entire existence and paycheck is in someone else's control at that point. And so if it's a bad Friday or the numbers come back bad, like to the shareholders, and they're like, okay, let's cut. 5% of the staff or whatever, or eliminate a department or whatever. Like there's no security in being a W2 and employee. It's golden handcuffs. And they give you a paltry raise every year just to keep you engaged. And so everybody goes out and upgrades their BMW lease and they're, they're stuck for another fucking year, man. It, I I've seen it so many times. It's just, it's perplexing but you can't see it until you're kind of out of it. I knew something wasn't right with it. I'm like growing up. I always questioned everything. Like I'm a big, like if things don't smell right, like that's why COVID I never fucking, we won't get into that, but like they they didn't dupe my ass for one minute with that whole scam. If it smells like a scam, it looks like a scam. It's probably a scam. So like W2 jobs are, They're, they're not for everybody. They're for some people and and that's fine for some people. But I mean, 401ks are the same way. Like they just never pass the smell test with me. I'm like, huh, give all my money to someone else for 45 years and they get to go make money on it. And I may get it back when I'm 65 and like none of it made sense to me and they get to go spend it and build businesses and invest with it. For forty-five years, and they're going to give me eight percent on it. Okay, they're making
1: seventy-five percent off of it, but they're giving me four. Yeah,
2: months. they're they're out there getting thirty-eight percent returns, and they're giving you eight of it, and it and charging you fees on it. So they're not even getting you eight. Um, it, yeah, I mean, there's just it's people just have
1: to be better critical thinkers about ev- literally everything. And I think if they would use that criticalness to question everything and really. See the gravity of what this decision can be, like how important it is, how long lasting it is, how much it impacts you, your wife, your kids, your legacy. If you do that, it will make every decision that you make that much more important. And more importantly, it'll help you quickly realize listen, this is an important decision. Worrying about what's going on in social media or vanity metrics or what these people are doing, if they have a new, the newest, you know, Mercedes or Beamer on their lease. That doesn't really matter to me. At the end of the day, this is what matters. Like you said, those first 15 minutes when you wake up, that's almost that really dictates kind of who you are, what's the most important thing for you. And it gives you a pretty good indication of not only where that day is going to go, but the rest of your life.
2: Let me finish with this real quick. Let me say one more thing. Yeah, sorry, because I've kind of course, shit no. all
1: over W2 jobs. And I know <laughs> I, I do want to finish
2: with this though, is that. I believe they are incredibly useful and, and you have to have a skill set to be able to make money in the marketplace. So if you're in a W-2 job and you want to transition out, set your plan and be very strategic and tactical about it and walk it backwards. That's exactly what I had done. And like, I knew that the place wasn't for me or long-term I wasn't going to be there, but then I'm like, okay, well, what can I take from this place? While they're here because they have major budgets for like continuing education, the certifications, like if you're, I was in insurance. So, I mean, if you can go out and get your series six, series seven on someone else's dime, or just these classes that are available for you, there's tons of value you can glean. So don't just have a bunch of ego and say, fuck it. I'm just going to do it and burn the boats. Like... Develop a skill set, understand where you're going next, and work it for a period of time to where you can bridge that gap. And for God's sakes, take care of your family and save enough money to make it a reality. Like, don't just quit on a Friday and think you're going to stand up a company by Monday and you don't have any money in your savings account or a pot to piss in. Like, cash flow matters. So, the, W-2 jobs can teach you all the skills that you need to be successful in the business world. So don't overlook that opportunity um, because because it's real and it'll help you set up a business and you don't have to run it as corporate when you get out. But there, I've taken tons of the lessons and the the procedures from my 15, 18 years in the corporate world um, and applied them to business. And, and that, is you don't have to have that to be successful by any means, but but it does it
1: it doesn't hurt me at all, not at all. And it's again it's part of the process, right? It's part of that mastery where you're learning these skill sets. You may learn skill sets in different seasons of your life to set you up for the present moment. Tell us a little bit more about your mastermind. I know that you have a lot going on, and uh, I know that you are on the time hack here, but tell us a little bit more about your mastermind and how we can learn more about you. Tell us about your podcast. Tell us all the things.
2: Yeah, you can uh, probably best way to find me is just Instagram. Uh, It's just the real Jeff Smith or maybe real Jeff Smith. (laughs) I don't know. I can't remember either. I think, I think it's just real. Yeah. It's it's just real Jeff Smith, not the real Jeff Smith. And then I'm on Facebook. kind of hard to find there. Uh, My podcast is the tactical empire. Um, We talk business, family, wealth, accumulation, real estate, I mean, you name it. Talk about life insurance, cash flow, life insurance, stuff like that, really anything kind of like this. But the mastermind I run is is for male entrepreneurs with families, or we've got some guys in there that are W2 guys that are looking to bridge the gap. Um, they, they want to network and get some resources. And we're, we're just really a, a group of guys that are intentional about being great in all aspects of our lives whether it comes to fitness, finance, family, freedom, like it just, I run the group, but the group is kind of a a circular firing squad. And that's that's the way it's designed is like to create a group of people that can kind of do life together and grow with each other because there's different levels of, there's different levels of business, there's different levels of wealth and things like that. And I mean, it's, if you want to be carried along and have doors opened up for you, you've got to expose yourself to people that are doing things you want to be doing or things you're looking to do in the future. And so I think it's important to be involved in groups like that because it shows you what's possible. It opens your eyes. They expose you to a lot of your blind spots. They call you on your shit and they keep pushing you
1: because you don't want to let people down. That's it. And and I absolutely agree. Iron sharpens iron. If I'm around a bunch of elite warriors, I have no choice but to become one. And so, like you said, surrounding yourself with the right people in a lot of ways, it kind of vicariously takes care of the other options that you may have been considering that are probably going to lead you down a a dead end path. Jeff Smith, thank you, brother. As we always say, we could probably talk for hours and we will talk for hours, but uh, we'll do it on another podcast or in person or at another event. Thank you so much for your time, brother. I appreciate you. Absolutely. I appreciate you, man. Great catching up. Always.
0: Thank you for listening to this episode of ocTA Nonverba. If this message resonates with you, please share it out with others on social media. Hit that subscribe button and leave a review for the show anywhere you listen to podcasts. To learn more, please go to MarcusAureliusAnderson.com and join his octa Nonverba inner circle to get exclusive content, news, and information. Until next time, remember, talk is cheap. Live your life based on actions, not words.